calling this. Come to whatever this is. Writer's Wait, Room I Backstories, like... maybe? Yeah, I like that. That's the Zoom meeting title, right? Writer's yeah. Room Backstories. Is... Okay, you have to say that again because I don't remember what it's called. Writer's Room Backstories. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Thanks, listeners. Um, just wanted. This is Emily Ansnick, the voice of Julia Stonewash, and welcome to. I can't remember what is it called. We're gonna do this all. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave this all in. I love it. Backstories. Backstories. Backstories yeah. behind the scenes. So this is an opportunity for us to kind of explain the inspiration, maybe some what it you know real life or just random things that inspire some of the the stories that you've come, segments that you've come to know and love um or any jokes that everybody's particularly liked writing um so currently with us uh we have michael brian pilar and so we're just going to kind of go around the room and talk about what it, what our inspirations were and then we're just kind of going to see where it goes so thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to go first I uh, I would love to hear about this overly large uh, roast. Yes. Oh well, I I knew that was going to come up, or I thought it was going to come up. This is Brian, um, and and that was definitely the one that I was going to uh, pick to talk a little bit about what the inspiration was. I'm supposed to bring the meat dish, but when I took the special roast out of the freezer, I just realized it was way too big. I need to cut it into at least a third in order for it to fit in the crock pot. Uh, right. That one in particular, I really like because, um, you know, as I started thinking about this stuff, I realized really uh, how, sm- for, at least for me, how small a thing it is that it I need to just kind of get a seed of something and then a whole episode can be built around that or a whole sketch. But this one was particularly um, uh, interesting and, and, and I, I liked it because the seed for that... Um, uh, overly large roast, or I guess what it's become known as in the podcast is Stubby Mike's, right? You want to know how I got to be called Stubby Mike? Some friends of ours who actually live uh, in Canada, uh, where we visit, normally we visit, not this year, but... So. Um, <laughs> what was that? Canadian for our listeners who aren't aware of it. Oh, that's right. Yes, I guess it's become uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much well known now that I was originally from Canada. Um, anyway, so we uh, we visit with them, um, and this year because we were unable to visit with them uh, in the summer like we usually do, uh, we've been occasionally calling them to have uh, what we call virtual coffee sessions in the morning. Um, so on one of those chats, uh, our friend was just uh, mentioning how she had a family gathering coming up um, that she was uh, uh, tasked with preparing the the uh, main part of the meal, and she had this. Uh, very large roast in the freezer and she was talking to us about how she didn't really know what she was going to do with it because it was definitely way too big for this gathering and she didn't want to waste it Uh, so she needed to get it cut up and she was already I guess had talked to a couple of people who had some suggestions but everybody was really worried about whether there would be any butcher that would be willing to cut up this large frozen roast and uh, her husband was, uh, who's also in on the call. He's he's uh, he's quite a funny gentleman, um, and uh, you know he had some 
funny suggestions about well you know maybe uh we could do it with a circular saw and, and and things like that so that was really just the seed of it it's like oh here's this crazy problem uh who would have the problem of a of a huge frozen roast that they need to get cut into pieces and that was really the uh the central thing and it just kind of grew from there so we had a lot of fun with that <laughs> that's fantastic um yeah it's easily i think probably i mean unless there's i mean I know there's other real stories um but probably the most unusual, like <laughs> one of our more unusual <laughs> backstories. Um, so who wants to go next? Uh, I can go. I think it's probably well known at this point. Jollyville is uh, the name of the, the literal name of the neighborhood that I live in. And um, after moving here, moving to Texas, it's been like, for, for whatever reason, I can't find a diner like a like one that I like anyway from like from home or like you know just that kind of like waffle house style like you walk in it's dirty you order eggs it's open 24 hours like one of those kind of places I mean there's an IHOP across the street but I'm kind of I'm missing that like specific um diner vibe at least in the neighborhood and or like you know kind of breakfasty place and uh there was a first watch and and first watch is actually pretty clean but um there's a first watch that opened uh nearby in the neighborhood and i just remember like just getting so excited and i think i texted pilar who also lives kind of in the neighborhood there's a new breakfast place in jollyville it's <laughs> like Ah! like i was so excited about this and then just instantly i was like i just like how what a 30 year old thing to do. And just like, so excited uh, about this. And so anyway, so that's, that's kind of what spiraled into that just bizarre skit that we did in episode seven. Uh, that was, yeah, just like, I think it was me, Kay and Lizzie freaking out about a new, new breakfast place in Jollyville. I bet they have good waffles. I bet they have good coffee. I bet there's free Wi-Fi. Let's get breakfast. Ah! that's fantastic that's awesome Valar how about you um shucks I don't I don't know if, uh, how like super hilarious it is but I do remember writing a piece um for it's like what is it it's like Paul Fredrickson better call Paul yeah um and so Michael had started out this he started out writing this kind of thing of like uh you call in with you know, like your fixer-upper kind of projects. And then somehow he magically like just knows about your life in the background and what kind of relationship advice you need. Um, and I was trying to think of something, but I didn't want to keep on with like the romantic advice. And I just got fixated on like feet. Um, and I, <laughs> like a, a lot of people have like contention with their feet, right? It's like, I don't want to wear sandals. I don't want to do this or that. And so trying to make a, like I, I had a friend who she did buy like a washer and dryer and she did not measure her closet door. And so she was trying to figure out how to put those things into, into the closet. Um, and just trying to make like a story that would match like, well, you know, like just tear it down and make a new genuine expression of yourself with your washer and dryer and wear sandals because you know, you should have a good relationship with your feet versus ignoring them. You're ignoring a relationship with your feet and ultimately yourself. With myself? Taking down a laundry closet door might seem unusual, but your custom painted washer and dryer uniquely you 
and they can be a wonderful centerpiece of your home. Wearing sandals might seem weird, but I bet you'd fit right in being your genuine self. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have any like funny backstories. I don't. I just don't. Um, Wait, you, get... mean, you mean history chats wasn't inspired by real events? No, it was not. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, I have some great jokes, but we're gonna get my favorite jokes are inspired by real events, and those are we'll get to those later. Um, but I have to give credit where credit is due. My dad gave me the inspiration for the aluminum foil joke in Carl Sagan's history chat. How much aluminium should I use to stop the aliens from reading my thoughts? Mr. Sagan, I'm so sorry. Considering my life's work, you're better off investing in something solid. Three layers. Be sure not to wrinkle it. And then my mom gave me the idea of long division as the topic for turkeys and icing because I was like, listen, I need help. I was like, I'm doing this sports casting thing, but I don't want it to be about sports because that's just too obvious. What's the most random mundane thing you can think of? And she was like, a kid doing long division. It took a day. But I was like, I don't know how you got there. I'm just glad you did. <laughs> so um, that's where that came from. Today, we're watching Tamberly Kitchens prepare for battle. The Battle of Long Division. So I have to give credit where credit is due. They helped me out with those with those segments. Um, but yeah, my turkeys and icing is actually because I was like, what are, I don't want it to be, again, I didn't want it to be overly sports. Um, so I literally was like Googling just random. I had like a list of like 20 different titles that that segment could be. And then I was like, I came across like turkey which is three strikes in a row for those of you who don't know in bowling. And then I was like, that's perfect. And then icing is like sport is a, like a call um, in hockey. When you, when you go before the puck, when it crosses a certain line in the rink. And so I was like, that's perfect. Cause it sounds like a cooking show, but it's not, it's about random people narrating people's lives as sportscasters. So that's where that came from. Um, that's my most random inspiration. Cause I was like, I don't want this to make sense. <laughs> so there we have it. <laughs> All right, so this is this is Michael. I'm inserting this recording later. Uh, I'm with Uncle Asar, who couldn't have been couldn't be with us during the original recording, but um, still wanted to share some backstories because because he's contributed some uh, writing too. So uh, Asar, could you tell us about like how you came up with that uh, phone tree episode or the voicemail episode? The phone tree that actually happened. You know, when when you reach a certain age. You have to have certain medical procedures, you know, on an annual basis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was I was trying to schedule that. And uh, with COVID and everything, you had to be tested early. And I couldn't make the during the week. And they could do it on the weekend, but it wasn't the right amount of days between. And, and then they called me and they were supposed to call to see if it could be rescheduled with the, this and that. So then I ended up calling and then I got lost in a phone tree. And usually... Well, at least I'm used to the first thing is they give you some options. And at the end, they'll say, if you know your party's extension, maybe that's the first thing they say. If you know your party's extension, you can doubt it at any time. They didn't do that. They took me, you know, was around the corner, around the, the block to get to the corner. And finally, after like five menus, she says, if you know your party's extension. And I'm like, why didn't you say that to begin with? So I think you and I had a conversation and it I, it just came to me and I was like, oh, this would be great. <laughs> you know? It went from there. 
Yeah. And then you also wrote the uh, the um, basis for the Tiny Desk concert. Or excuse me to our NPR sensors, trademark sensors, our average size desk concert. <laughs> yeah, because you and I were having a conversation about the, the Jollyville Brass Band. And I couldn't understand, I couldn't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> On your description, was it a quintet or a quartet? <laughs> so that, you know, immediately sets up you know, this this comical thing in your mind. It's like, they don't even know what they are. So I, I was like, well, what if they could be on Tiny Desk and, you know, get involved in this discussion or whatever and run out of time? <laughs> I was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess if, if anybody remembers that skit who's listening, that the conversation is all accurate. Like, all of the things that we say about the band is correct. Like, we had it were a brass quintet, but we had seven members at one point. You know, you, you don't normally count the percussionists, which you, you kind of don't like all of that's all that's true. The only thing that's that's like not true in that segment is that everyone who was in the band is voicing somebody else. So like right. Ryan Green is playing Michael Crosa, which is me. And then Richard and other Brian, Brian Routson, they're like voicing each other. So that, yeah, that was an added little kind of inside joke of that. The other part that helped me, what made it comical for me was how you described the band. You said we're not, not a second line type of band. <laughs> and someone yeah. had, had requested you guys, you know, march in this parade or something. And then you, you showed me the photos where somebody's on a truck and, the other guys are marching and you got on cargo shorts and <laughs> the music stand. Guilty. Guilty as charged. <laughs> so this, this is this is comedy gold. <laughs> uh. But, you know, I've shared this story with Jollyville, um, with the Jollyville family before about how community, community became to be. And you had approached me, I guess, like you did everybody else about being a part of this podcast. <clears throat> and you said, what did I want to do? And I have any acting experience, you know, I've written some things, but, you know, I, and I was like, well, anything I do, I it will be, anything that I do is going to be social activism. And then you were like, okay. And then you came back to me with this idea, you know, cause I'm, first of all, I'm like, eh, do I really want to do this thing? So, if I you know, what I really want to do, maybe he'll just say, okay, well, we're not doing that. So then you came back and were like, okay, well, how about this, uh, you know, from the real, in the real world? And I'm like, oh, he's going to make me, do <laughs> making it where I have to do it now. So then you let me come up with the name for it. And you, you, you accepted it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in it, knee, you know, neck deep. <laughs> no <laughs> so then that's when I added all the, you know, dig this, you know, no one can do everything and everybody, you know, digs it, you know, and then put the piece at the end. And nothing I did, it was like you rejected it. And I'm like, oh my. <laughs> did you did you say that nothing you did got rejected? Right, right. Every you know, the intro, the you know, the questions, the end of it. It's like, yeah, okay, okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't get out of this. <laughs> Yeah, you're trapped now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I think 
honestly, man, I mean, I think community beat is one of the, one of the favorite sections, you know, I mean, I, I hear a lot of feedback that people love that they're looking forward to it at the end. So, I mean, really thank you for all of your contributions. No, thank you, man. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> fight each other with gratitude here. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Cause you know, uh, secretly I had always wanted to host the TV show, you know, back in the day, you know, every TV show, radio, whatever. Cause I listened to a lot of talk radio through the years. And like I said, the opportunity presents itself and it's like, uh, do I really want to do this? <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for, for giving us that insight, Asara. I'm going to uh, send it back to the, the main conversation, the main part of this, this little bonus episode here. All right. Give everybody my best and, uh, and dig this. No <laughs> everything but everyone can do something peace so yeah so that's kind of our inspirations behind some of the stories so i kind of also want to talk about some of our favorite jokes because we all kind of write different segments um they could either be like standalone or recurring things um so if you have your favorite joke or two would love to hear them um, and maybe why it's your favorite joke. Ooh, I got one that I'm so excited about because this kind of answers both questions. Um, so my friend uh, Thomas, who does who who did a lot of the early writing and, and still comes up with some of the more bizarre lines or bits, um, sometimes unintentionally, and this is where this is going. Uh, one time I was talking to him about he was cooking about uh, or he was talking about cooking for a large group and kind of made a self-deprecating joke of like, well, I hope they like pizza rice. <laughs> that just sounds like pizza toppings on rice. And he says, that's exactly what it is. And that, that exact exchange, uh, I was, went into um, one of the skits and, and pizza rice has become kind of this ongoing thing. I'm presenting to you my famous pizza rice casserole. That sounds like it's just pizza toppings on rice. That's exactly what it is, Booby. But it's in a casserole dish. That's why they call me the casserole Casanova. One of the things I think is funny about it is that, like, when I say when you say pizza rice, you know what it is. Like you haven't had it, but you know what it is. <laughs> and, and it's like goofy and silly, and I, and I think that we make kind of like this over overreaction to it. I simply cannot accept pizza rice. But uh, I, I I love that one, and I I'm excited about continuing that one. That's awesome. Yeah, the the video was pretty great. The how to like <laughs> for those of you who <laughs> YouTube. So if you've only heard us on other platforms, you should check it out. So. How about anyone else? What's your favorite? What's your favorite joke that you've written or been inspired by? Or... Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little tangential on that. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about my favorite episode as a oh perfect that works favorite joke. So um, I I listened to most of them over again and and was thinking through them and and I just kind of came hands down on the on the uh, peril at Pat Penderson's or was it Pat oh, Penderson's peril? Listened- I can't most like three or four times just on repeat it's fantastic it is it's a really good episode and then it it like it dovetails with this whole inspiration thing to me which is really what kind of helps push it over the top because um in that episode 
uh, I, Chauncey, and uh, Michael, Spoopy the Boop, are having another episode of Spoopy and Chauncey in the morning. And Michael wrote that one, and he had picked up on this just, like, outrageous topic, which uh, was uh, Ferret uh, Chinchilla Hybridization Project, which actually ties back to an earlier episode of uh, Spoopy and Chauncey I had written. And I was bringing it to a close, and I was just thinking, well, you know, I need to throw something in here about, you know, maybe next time. And I just said, well, what's the wildest thing that come, first comes to your mind? And I was like, ooh, uh, ferret chinchilla hybridization. Next time, Chauncey will tell us a little bit about how his chinchilla ferret hybridization experiments are going. And, you know, I mean, the fact that Michael picked up on that and actually wrote this great, great sketch about it, it just makes me roll la with laughter every time, you know, and it's just like he did such a great job on that. I want to be the first to create a new species of pet. By my calculations, there's a big market out there for a pet with the loyalty and obedience of a dog, but the fluffiness and stay-at-home independence of a cat. Why, thank you. Thank you. Oh, and that whole idea of a semi-truck full of um, pinatas crashing on the highway really happened to Michelle, who voices Kitty Westlake. Oh, oh, there's candy everywhere. I'm glad you liked that. <laughs> this episode had not mentioned that it was actually based off of a real thing, sort of. <laughs> like, multiple real things. Which is oh, a great. And then it, it has so many other layers, too, like the, the, the dentist coming in. I remember, you know, Michael sending out the call. Well, I'm, I'm kind of stuck here. You know, the kids are there. There's the candy. What are we going to do? And that reminded me, um, my parents actually had a dental practice. Um, and they used to give out like toothbrushes and stuff at Halloween and, you know, Oh, you're those people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were those people. And I, it, you know, somehow his call out for help with the candy, it just reminded me of that. And I made some suggestion about, well, you know, it could be the, it saved the day by dentists. Somebody needs to save the children from all of this sugar and who better than dental professionals. And then, uh, that got us into that whole connection with this, uh, I don't think the phrase has ever really come up on any of the shows about the now I uh, before I lay me down to sleep, I floss the teeth I wish to keep. Always remember these words. Before I lay me down to sleep, I floss the teeth I wish to keep. Dentist away. I mean, it's just ties in on so many levels. It was great. Yeah, the uh, prayer of flossing, uh, that that exact quote is available in print form on our website, jollywoodradio.com. Yes, and it will be in my bathroom in a few months because <laughs> I'm doing a pop culture reference thing in my bathroom. And so I now have it. It'll be framed. It'll be awesome. So nothing yeah, yeah. to know, but now they do. And it's just a fun little fact that will waste space in your mind. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Or how about you? Sorry, did you mean to say me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, the, the one that's coming up in for like up to, up to mind for me is um, like me and Michael were trying like, to spitball a whole bunch of like Robert cheerful, like ridiculous uh, things to be considered fancy. And so like, I don't know, you, you know, you have your basic like, um, 
table set up where you've got like four forks, right? And like one's got three twines or three tines, sorry. And you have your four tines. Um, and I know that this is, this is an audio thing, but like I, if you visualize like, you know, like, um, like tick marks being like, you know, you, you have four and then you do kind of one diagonal that makes it five. <laughs> I thought of like, it would be ridiculous to have a five tine fork where the fifth tine goes diagonally across all four. And <laughs> I, it's a, it's a thing that I keep in my mind whenever I think of like the five tine, you know, luxury fork by Robert Cheerful. Five tined forks. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, that's great. I don't know. Mine, I just have, I think I have two favorite jokes. So what, so I write history chats and well, I've, I didn't write the first one. I didn't write the Ben Franklin one. I do not take credit for that. And I always clarify because that was a great one, but I didn't write it. That um, was, uh, that was Thomas, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tom, well done, Thomas. And so, um, for, so I think my favorite two actually are the Lizzie Borden one and Carl Sagan, like all of them have been great, but I think I was able to really like, I don't know. They're, they're just my favorites. Cause you have to have favorites. Um, but yeah, so the whole thing, so I actually didn't really know either person when I, like, I knew of them, but I, like, didn't know them. Um, so I've actually had to do a lot of research on them. But my favorite joke um, is, is somebody calls in and says, My horoscope today says that I will let go of things I no longer understand. What could that mean? <sighs> Again, astronomy is not astrology. But either way, I think your horoscope has manifested itself. You should be fine. So that is actually, I literally pulled up a fortune cookie generator and was just like, what's the most random thing that's going to come out of it? Because I one time got a fortune cookie that said, aren't you glad you had a great meal? And that was it. And I was like, this isn't a fortune. And so I was like, there has to be other ones just like this. Um, And so I did, I just literally went online and found a generator and were sat on it until I found it. And I was like, this is perfect. I love this. I have to go with it. Um, so yeah, that. How epic. self-congratulatory of a cookie. Right? <laughs> epic. Cause I was just like, there's no way this is real. Um, and I, I got it when I was a teenager and it's literally just a family joke. Cause every time we have Chinese and we open it, it'll be like, what does it say? Did it, what, are, did it say you're glad you had a great meal? And I was like, no, it wished me something normal. <laughs> like, it's almost like we're disappointed to get a regular one now. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the background on that particular, I think that's ultimately my favorite joke just because it's rooted in this really long running gag in our family, but just, <laughs> and then there's, I mean, there's been one time where my friend on new year's got um, no fortune. Um, so we just have weird lucks weird luck with fortune cookies so i was just like this has i have to fit this in in some capacity so i'm really glad i wrote about astrology for an astronomer so speaking of that lizzie borden one there's uh one of the lines where i think that uh anderson millingsley who's voiced by uh matt wait says something like so did you do it do what you know uh kill your parents oh it's a real tragedy. But who's to say, really? Um, you are? The state never found anyone guilty. So I guess we'll never know. But thank you? He gets so, he's so excited and then he gets so creeped out. <laughs> uh, thank you. 
was because for background, I was like, okay, so because I'd had this thought in my my mind, but I was like, well, I don't really know how creepy we want Jollyville to get because, like, you know, it's pretty clean and light and upbeat. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna just. I was like, I'm gonna write this one, but it's not awful. But it's just like asking a murderer, hey, did you murder him? Like, um, so I really like, delivered it really well because I was just like, I need somebody to ask point blank just to make it really awkward and have it kind of just really lean into the theme of history chats and just how everything just goes off the rails. Um, and I wanted it fairly early on. So I'm really glad everybody liked it. So, yeah. So thankfully Michael said, Hey, this is a good idea. Let's go run with it. Cause I was like, mm, this is a little too on the nose. <laughs> well, speaking of like creepy, creepier ones in the, um, the Halloween show, we had, uh, there was the Dr. Volution who is the hypnotist selling hot tubs. And that was something that was inspired by, by an experience my friend had. A friend of mine was telling me about buying his hot tub. And he was like, the, the hot tub salesman had to have been a hypnotist. The Dr. Volution Clinical Hypnosis Studio is located on Jolly Cop Highway next to the hot tub in Corium. They had these like very flashy ways. He said, the, the guy brought a piece of paper. He says, there are numbers on these papers. And I'm going to circle the prices, and then showed him the price. And he's like, "What do you?" And it's and it's like this, like like obviously, obviously playing mind games, right? Obviously, and so and so uh, I thought, wouldn't that be so much fun to like switch it in reverse? And you have a a, hot, a, a, a hypnotist who's you know using that to like sell the hot tubs. It'd be great. I love it. <laughs> So any other inspiration or stories or things you want to share that the listeners may find funny or. Um, I, I think, I think my original Peggy breaker photo is, is on the Jollyville website. Um, yeah. Like as far as our cast, um, I, I was doing like these goofy, just like, I was really bored in quarantine and like I had at first I thought like, oh, I need a vacation, but I'm stuck in quarantine. So like I've made like, you know, like a fake photo shoot of me in France. Um, and I like dressed up for it and I, I don't really remember what came over me, but I decided I was going to do, I don't know, just like this kind of B-52 get up with like monster hair and like, you know, like really like high waisted pants and just like draw on my own like you know like cigarette lines and like crow's feet and do this whole get up to be like this grumpy lady who you know like had like casserole and just like smoked and drank all the time and I I did this photo shoot and I I just it was such a whim it was really strange and I'm sure I'm very strange for doing it but I sent the picture to Michael and it was, I, it came with this write up of like, it was going to be a cold day in hell if Kitty was going to win this year's casserole bake off. And I wasn't expecting for that to like really take off and, and become an episode. <laughs> it's like the best inspiration ever, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I remember too, like, like, cause I, I think right around that time, I think Jollyville Radio was like an idea. It was like, I feel like we're going to do, like, we need to have an interest meeting coming up. I would love to have, like, a script for the different people to just to read through and see what it was going to be like. And it was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, we got to we gotta do that. Oh, now I got to censor myself. Now we've got to. 
Uh, Never mind. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, that. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's awesome. So I, I want to give a shout out to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation as well as an inspiration. Actually, really, I should give a shout out to a particular announcer who I've been uh, for months racking my brains to try to come up with the name of, and I haven't, which is uh, I'm, I'm very sorry for. But um, one of the episodes, Me, Me, My, Mo, Moo, uh, where, which is all about diction and enunciation with uh, uh, Chauncey and a, and a voice expert, uh, there's a little part in that where um, uh, part of it is justified by a line about uh, reading about the difference between guerrillas, which are, you know, commando illegitimate militaries and gorillas, the, the hairy mean beasts. Consider the headline, the fate of the gorilla poachers is unknown after they stumbled upon a guerrilla encampment. That's like for real with, um, one of my favorite radio announcers ever uh, was on a long, long running show on the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. And there was a discussion about how uh, diction and enunciation were so important for um, radio. And he used that example of gorilla versus gorilla as an example of how people should be able to hear the difference between things that you say. And that really, that stuck with me. I mean, that must've been sometime early eighties. Um, and I really, really wish I, knew, I could remember the name of that broadcaster, but it was a great example. And that was one that just popped to my mind one day and actually helped form the inspiration for that me, me, my, mo, moo episode. That's awesome. I love that. Anybody, any other inspiration? I mean, I have a random thing because I also write turkeys and icing. And so the one with Skylar and apple picking, it was the interest and literally and cooking pancakes was something someone said on television. It was like, I don't remember. It was a competition thing. It was a 14 year old girl and it was like something, something and cooking pancakes. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Why would you say that on national television? I must use this. Um, not, that, not that cooking pancakes isn't bad. It's a wonderful hobby and everybody should make more pancakes. But I was just like, this is such an odd thing. You've made it to the final round and that's what you want people to know about you? Yes. <laughs> so I may have built an entire character around that, that little premise. So There's a, I, I, I think this is just like my COVID cabin fever angst. Like, I keep thinking about, like, what would Jollyville Live look like, either, like, in person or there's a lot of theaters that are doing, like, Zoom shows, mm -hmm. you know? Like, how cool would that be to, like, do this live? Or, like, I mean, we could. I don't know if it's – not that it's impossible by any means. I just think take, it would take a certain, like, concerted effort to do, like, a specific thing. But uh, – yeah, if we did like a short, instead of recording all of them, we did like one segment or something live. Yeah. Or if we just got the rights to War of the Worlds and just performed War of the Worlds as Jollyville Radio. Yeah, like, cool. It'd be fun. But I was thinking about how something could happen with the just like something happened in the bubble factory just kind of willy wonk at itself. <laughs> There's bubbles everywhere. With the car they go through and it's all the bubbles and they're just like whoa the fizzy machine i don't remember what it's called i recently watched this movie but i don't remember the schnozberries taste like schnozberries <laughs> <laughs> all right
already. Well, thanks everybody. This is uh, this is really fun. I mean, I you know I just want to say thanks for being a part of this. This has been a blast, and it's been really fun to hang out with y'all and do this. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thank you. Likewise. Yep. So everybody, be safe this week. Yes. You Happy too. You. Happy Thanksgiving. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.